Tonight we're looking at where to find wisdom. Where to find wisdom. Out of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. Now I'm going to begin with a few pirate jokes this evening. You know, I'm not a huge joke person. But in a little bit, you'll understand, I, I hope, why I've started with these. So, first one is, what's a pirate's favorite letter? R. R. Why do pirates have a hard time learning the alphabet? Because they spend so much time at sea. What has... Eight arms, eight legs, and eight eyes. Eight pirates. <laughs> you know, I find it interesting that many movies make, pirate, make a pirate's life out to be something that is exciting and romantic. Real pirates are mean and dangerous, they stole, they hurt others, they lied about their life so that they could get others to make the same mistakes. And if you think about a pirate, most pirates are known for having a patch over their eye. They're known for having a hook on their hand, and they're known for a peg leg. So stop and think. What parts are missing on a pirate usually? An eye, a hand and a leg. That doesn't sound like a wonderful life to me. You know, as you stop and think about it, the reality of what a pirate is and what is sometimes promoted is different. In reality, a pirate's life was awful. The food was so bad that they often had many diseases. A pirate's lifespan was short because what they did was dangerous and created many enemies. Why was the life of a true pirate so bad? Because they listened to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. They listened to the wrong voice. Now, as we start into Proverbs tonight, all right, last week we began, but Proverbs begins by teaching the characteristics of two kinds of people, wise and foolish. Last week we saw what wisdom can do for you. Proverbs can help you to know wisdom, to, to recognize wisdom, justice, judgment, and what it is to be fair. Proverbs can help simple people not be gullible. And young men to know the truth and how to use it. Proverbs can shed light on the differences between what men say and what they really mean. And everyone can have direction in life and become wise. It's not IQ, but AQ that matters. AQ is your attention quotient. Not your intelligent quotient, but your attention quotient. You see, wisdom is attainable, but the choice is yours. And often, it's easy to become deceived. Next week, Lord willing, we will look at a group of men that weren't pirates, 
But when you read the text, you're going to say, that really sounds like a pirate, beginning at verse 10 through about verse 23. And we're going to see two different voices that are speaking to you. But tonight, you're going to look at just this simple thing. He's going to tell you where to find wisdom. I love the fact that he explains wisdom, and then he says, here's where you'll find wisdom, and then he says, here's going to be the competing voices that you're going to hear. And for the first several chapters in Proverbs, he's just going to explain so that you can understand what's happening. Because here's the the key truth, and that is God doesn't force wisdom on us. All of us are always free to choose. We're just not free to choose the results. We're always free to choose, but we're not free to choose the consequences. So after Solomon has been saying, here's what wisdom can do for you, he then says, here's where you can find it. Let's begin reading at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. So the first thing that he says is, he says, wisdom begins with the Lord. But let's stop and think for a moment. What is the fear of the Lord? You hear that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but what is the fear of the Lord? Well, the word fear has the idea of terror. What would cause terror? What would cause us to be terrified of God? Well, let me ask you, let me give you an illustration to think about. What caused Adam and Eve to be afraid of God? Why did they hide? Because they had sinned. And what did they know about God? Does God sometimes say sin is okay and sometimes sin is not okay? Does God ever change his mind? You can always depend on God to be the same. The thing that is terrifying about God is also comforting about God. Because, you see, God never changes. Right is always right and wrong is always wrong. Unlike in our world today where we're still trying to figure out, okay, it used to be that this was wrong, but now it's not wrong. It used to be that this is wrong, but now it's not wrong. And what used to be right now is wrong. And we're really confused in our world today. And it would be really hard as a young adult coming up trying to figure out, so what gives? Where do I go with this? So what does he do? He says, look, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge begins with the Lord. He talks about terror of the Lord, but that word terror also has the idea of respect, of recognizing someone who, that you respect and is worthy of worship. The idea of reverence. The way I look at God impacts the way I live. So if you don't begin with the knowledge of God, if you don't begin with with, uh, the fear of the Lord, you're not going to understand what's right and what's wrong. So what is the beginning of knowledge? Interestingly, um, he says uh, this term appears about 50 times in the Old Testament, and the idea uh, is is um, the fear of the Lord is the first part of knowledge or the idea of the chief part of knowledge. You can gather all kinds of other things, but it's the foundation, it's the building block. 
You can't take out the Lord from knowledge. If you do, you have a lot of facts, but you have people that don't know what to do with those facts. And that's what we see today. You know, we have really handicapped our teachers. My heart goes out to all of the teachers in our, in our school system. When they have been um, told that they can't teach certain things, that certain things are off limits, they've handicapped our teachers. You know, sometimes I think teachers in our public school system get criticized very harshly. I know of a number of believers that teach in the public school system, and they are wonderful witnesses. They are stuck sometimes with what they would like to do with their students, although it's always fascinating. Many of them, you know, once a student asks, the teacher then can share whatever they want. But we've really handicapped our teachers when we say, teach our children, but don't teach them about God. Because here's the basic point. The point is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, is the first, is the primary, is the chief part of knowledge. It's not all that there is to know. It's the beginning. It's the chief part. But without that, you don't understand what you see around you. You see, when you get to know the creator of something, you will understand what he's created. It's the reason why you often, if you're going to study design, you will often study the architect. Once you understand the way the architect thinks, you can look at his building and they make perfect sense. Getting to know God helps you to know the world. So he says, he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool is someone who won't acknowledge what God is doing. The fool says, no, I will not listen to God. Notice the second part he says, where do you find wisdom? He says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Let's pause there and let's think for a moment. You've got the father's instruction. The idea there is discipline or discipleship. He says, my son... Hear the instruction, follow the discipleship of thy father. Imitate your father. Learn to be like your dad. You know, the easiest, the easiest lessons that you learn are the ones that you just learn every day as you're around your parents. You, you see it. It's not just where you're in a classroom setting, but you're watching them. You're watching how they respond to people. You're watching how they respond to their spouse. You're watching how they treat children. You're watching how they drive. You're watching how they... And you can fill in the blank, and every one of those is a teaching opportunity. You remember in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6 where he says, these are the things I want you to teach your children, but you notice he didn't just say it's just a sit-down lesson. He says... Oh, these are the things you talk about as you're walking, as you're sitting, as you're eating. These are the things that you put up in your home so that your children can learn the easy way. And he begins by saying, my son, listen to the discipleship. Pay attention to the discipleship of your father. You know, the idea here of here is more than just the sound. It has the idea of paying attention to. 
Then he talks about the mother's law, literally the mother's teaching. You see, there's much to learn from a father and a mother. Isn't it interesting that he mentions both of them? He doesn't say the women are, are to be shoved aside. The women have just the same kind of influence that the men are going to have. And he's saying to you children, listen to your mom and dad. If you want to be wise, if you want knowledge, listen to your parents. You say, well, my parents don't know everything. Learn everything you can from your parents. You'll be surprised how much your parents know. In fact, the older you get, the more you're going to find out your parents knew. For some who would say, but I, don't, I didn't really have a mother, or I didn't really have a father, or my father had checked out, or my mother had checked out. What I want you to remember is the scriptures tell us that you have a heavenly father. And if you will pay attention to what your heavenly father's like, you still have the opportunity to become all that you're going to need to be and enjoy life because that's what God wants for you. Um, interestingly, coming back to when he says, listen to your father and your mother, here you have parents who have obeyed the instructions of that Deuteronomy passage. You see, for us as parents tonight and grandparents, the challenge to us is I need to make sure that I'm teaching my children what the scriptures say. That's why it's so important. Right now, it seems like you just have so much going on in your life. But the reality is, in just a few short years, your children will be out of your home. All the other things that you're doing right now will still be available, but your children will have passed that opportunity of living in your home. They'll still call. They'll still ask for advice. If you, if you parent well, they're going to always value your opinion, but they won't be living in your home. They, you, they won't be able to catch things like they could when they live in your home. So I just challenge you as parents, right now, teach the scriptures to your children. Teach the scriptures to grandchildren. Read the Bible with them. Talk about it. Talk about what it means and then illustrate that. Hey, remember when we read this this morning? This is what this is talking about. And you illustrate that in their life. This isn't just, this isn't going to be easy. I'll just tell you. But it will be very rewarding. It's well worth the time. Now notice the result as we come to Verse 9, for they, the instruction of the father and the law of the mother, they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Do you know when you listen to your mom and dad, when you as parents carefully and regularly and just consistently teach God's word, it's as if you're giving your children fine jewelry. For each of our children, when they turned 16, we got them a special piece of jewelry. And it's nice jewelry. And it's something that looks good on them. It was different for each of our children, what we got them. 
do you know the the thing we can do most for our children is to give them the instruction to give them the teaching the law that's not laying down the law that's giving them that's teaching them the law and you know what it will do it will take the rough edges off of your children sometimes you've been around somebody and say well they're they're good folk they just kind of rough around the edges where do they learn that I remember in college and I remember because it stood out to me when he said it I was taken back I was traveling with the president of our college at the time and we were doing some some special music and doing some public relations work and the president said I want you to see these students because this is the product of what our college turns out and I and in my mind I thought well I am very grateful for what I've learned here but I'm the product of 20 years in my parents house I'm not the product of four semesters at this university you have choices and those choices bring direction for you children young adults parents Wisdom is going to be the currency for how to live. There's a responsibility to us as parents. And I want to just challenge you with this. I started with the pirate jokes because pirates have kind of almost become this folklore of everything is good. You always think about pirates and buried treasure, but in reality... Pirates rarely buried treasure, and when they did, they rarely ever went back because they didn't live long enough to go collect it. You see, that lifestyle was a deadly, hurtful, dangerous lifestyle. It's not the fun thing that we think about. When you really read accounts of what these people were like, they were awful. They were so mean. We wouldn't want to be like that. But we've kind of caricaturized it today. Let me encourage you, as we next week, Lord willing, are going to look at verses 10 through about 22, and we begin thinking about what kind of voice, who am I going to listen to? Who do I want to be like? And he gives us this picture. You ever gone to a photo studio? They took all these pictures and they said, do you like A or do you like B? Then they flipped the next one, A or B. And they, they move you through all these pictures quickly because you'd have such a hard time looking at which picture do I choose? But when they do that, do you like A or B? Okay, we get rid of A. Now we're going to keep B. Now do you like A or B? I like A. Okay, well then we put that one away. And you, all of a sudden when you're done, now you've looked at it, Solomon is going to go A or B. Which voice do you want to listen to when you see the outcome? So, boys and girls, here's the simple truth tonight. Fear God. Listen to your parents. To you young adults, I would still say, fear God. Listen to your parents. To you parents tonight, fear God. 
teach your, your children what they need to know. Let's pray together.